0: So it seems like your project um, really bridges the kind of the divide, so to say, between the traditional population of developers and kind of this newer generation group of developers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but mostly in the enterprise space. Um, so I want to talk about. Go ahead. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. I just wanted to say that uh, you know it's uh, it's absolutely right, and it's uh, it's some sort of uh, you know the. The generation gap now, uh, which is not really the you know the time wise related, but technology wise related, and uh, it's building up the bridge between.
0: Mm. That's very interesting. And so, when we talk about enterprise blockchain usage, what does that mean, right? So, I think people think of blockchain as something that's you know gives more power back to the individual, you know, and enables people to bypass intermediaries and. uh, transact with each other on a peer-to-peer basis but then when you talk about enterprise blockchain it seems to at least be a little bit contradictory to that Um, but I'm sure there's more so can you explain like what is enterprise blockchain and compared to like quote consumer type blockchain
1: uses um, absolutely. Um, and uh, probably the good way to start it is by um, saying what what's our vision is. And uh, when Ethereum um, was introduced, we saw a huge potential um, of everyone, uh, businesses, individuals, um, to ultimately change the way they do business, um, change the way their business logic is implemented. Um, and you know where any enterprise that does business with others will potentially benefit from enabling their business transactions to be performed on the blockchain, um, and consumers will use the blockchain to access these contracts that were made by you know by businesses and you know make use of the business services that they're uh, that they're offering. Um, with that being said, we go into so what's what's currently happening and you know what's uh, what are those companies doing? Well. Currently, most enterprises, they have blockchain on their radar as a strategic technology for the future. And, uh, you know, we'll get back there in a second why. so? um, But nothing much has been happening. So there's a lot of great news and a lot of great developments across all different sectors, not only financial and, you know, the most obvious like supply chain. Um, It's it's everywhere, like gaming, uh, insurance, medical. But those are mostly pilot projects that those companies are announcing Um, and would you'd have to dive deeper into the actual state of things to realize that there's, um, you know, pretty big blocking factors that do not allow those businesses to actually implement uh, their proper business logic on blockchain Um, and, you know, getting into how how great things are and how great they seem. Is um, according to one of the recent uh, Deloitte's researches, um, is what they say is that blockchain space is evolving and it obviously goes beyond uh, individual uh, projects. And 95% um, of the companies in their report across different industries were investing in tech projects uh, related to blockchain. So there's a lot of interest in the technology, but once again, if you dive deeper, you realize that that interest comes from you know, a greater potential that is currently blocked. Um, And you could see that, uh, you know, one of the former big skeptics, like big, big, big skeptics of, uh, you know, blockchain and Bitcoin in in specifics, um, Goldman Sachs, well, they've just recently, uh, not so recently now, but uh, at the end of 2018, so early 2019, they've launched their crypto investing product for their clients. Um, And, you know, then you get to understand and realize that, all right, so those guys are, you know, interested in it. Um, Probably one of the good examples is um, what's so-called an R3 consortium, uh, which is, uh, again, Amazon, IBM, and most recently Oracle. Um, They started offering um, enterprise-grade blockchain solutions. Um so they've created a, a blockchain which is called um Corda and then they've created the version of it uh, which is Enterprise Corda. It's still under the development, uh, but what they want is that they want um other tech companies uh to join um that blockchain and do business on it. Um I mean obviously it sounds super amazing, uh but again, nothing is um you know nothing super fascinating uh is happening on a daily basis. And, um, you know, there's a big reason to that.
0: Yeah. So, you know, with when you say potential, right? So if you look at enterprise software that exists in the, quote, traditional space, what we have now, um, and then things that you can potentially build using the blockchain, so blockchain-based enterprise software,
1: mm-hmm.
0: what do you think are some good software, like good use cases? for blockchain-based enterprise software? And what do you think are some softwares that maybe should stay away from the blockchain and wouldn't be able to maximize the, the value of that?
1: Right. So, um, and, it's, and it's very clearly seen that when uh, it was an ICO boom, um, you know, in 2017, then all of these projects uh, were popping up saying that, you know, we're going to do um, X, Y, Z on blockchain and, you know, it's going to save the world which uh, ended up not being true. Um, so blockchain is yet another technology and you're absolutely right. Um, you have to understand what it does um, to realize if it makes sense to implement it or not. Uh, but there's the other side to it. Um, so when you ask me, well, what would somebody uh, build, right? Um, say on Ethereum specifically, or even you know using Ethereum and Ethereum there, um, my answer would be actually, everything and anything i mean i'm seriously because the concept of blockchain um you know and the magnificent implementation of that concept by um you know ethereum team um it has the the potential i'm saying this word once again but uh you know every aspect of business and commerce uh once again because um that entire idea of smart contracts you know being the law uh you know, of, of that agreement, it, it completely changes the image because now you can implement direct, um, you know, licensing options. Just think about this, uh, you know, you can sell your license to your software using blockchain and you don't need everyone or anyone else. So you don't need the payment services. You don't need, uh, you know. Any sort of like like legal software agreements to that you know people can simply pay um, you and you know you can use um, Ethereum contract that would uh, unlock uh, the license to the software that you're selling. So it's like asking in you know 1980s what future uses would be there for computers and software. Um, and, uh, you know, people were giving out, uh, you know, specific examples, well, finance or trading or, you know, medical stuff, but it, it ended up eating the world. I mean, it's everywhere now. Right. Um, but, you know, get, getting to more specifics, I would, see that, uh, I would say that the first space that uh, is already um, being affected by blockchain is definitely uh, fintech. Um, So anything that is to do with, uh, you know, increasing the efficiency of financial operations, uh, increasing transparency uh, of financial institutions, now that already um, is being highly affected by blockchain. And uh, if not only by the technology itself is uh, purely by the, uh, you know, principles and, you know, basic concept of it, which is again, transparent, uh, immutable ledger. Um, So, you know, We'll, we'll still see an increase, um, you know, a significant increase in, in more coming years um, as people um, get to discover the true um, effectiveness of um, smart contracts.
0: Right. Um, one thing I've learned kind of this past year or so too is that, you know, even big companies suffer from a lot of things that individuals suffer from as well, but at like a company level. So the same way, you know, individuals worry about giving up their data to big companies, you know, a lot of times businesses as they're doing their business also give up their business data to, uh, you know, that level of intermediaries as well. So there are a lot of parallels. um, And it's really talking to a lot of people who have the substance of knowledge in industry is that you start to realize that these types of things are needed and are happening.
1: Um, absolutely. I mean, just one tiny aspect, um, you know, that, that affects a lot is, um, one of the topics that you've recently discussed on, uh, you know, on the show is the you know, blockchain and GDPR and, you know, what's happening there. So there's definitely a lot more, um, you know, questions, um, you know, to be asked and to be resolved. Uh, for for things to start happening on a mass scale but uh, you know one of the one of the block factors or blocking factors that I was uh, you know mentioning earlier is um, you know trust me or not but it's uh, you know it's the development procedure um, and and what it really stands for is not that people don't know how to um, code on um, ethereum specifically or just code on blockchain it's just that uh, all major companies all big companies they have predefined they have already set uh, development uh, procedures they have already you know qa the ones that we talked earlier so quality assurance uh, they have their testing procedures they have their development procedures they have their planning procedures um, and it's really expensive and it takes a lot of time to change anything you know from those procedures so whenever a new groundbreaking technology comes in place it always well it always or most of the times it means that uh, many if not everything um, has to be changed in the way things are built and done and that's one of the big stopping factors so that's why we hear from the Deloitte's research that a lot of companies are interested in you know in being kind of like on a a short leash with this technology but not really um, implementing it and you know really pushing it forward and that comes to that it's just it's just so expensive to actually implement this technology. Um, so that's when you start thinking about, um, you know, Hyperledger, Basu or Jetherium as projects that look into an existing opportunity, which is, uh, again, which is Ethereum. Um, but they also look into uh, the reality, which is, uh, again, the technology uh, procedures that are currently used. And in, you know, in our case, it's, uh, it's Java.
0: Yeah, now that we're speaking about this live, you know, I'm just thinking, I wonder if, you know, company's insurance policy maybe would indirectly require someone to use Java, right? So if, you know, maybe you're promising that you follow your QA procedures, and if your QA procedures are all in Java, you kind of have no choice but to make sure everything is converted to that. So yeah, that's something I just thought of right now. It's pretty interesting.
1: Um, Well, it absolutely could be uh, managing risks. Um, In other words, if you are building a code um, that has to move, you know, trillions worth of, uh, you know, data or, you know, information or, you know, even um, it could be somebody's life when we are talking about medical um, stuff Um, and, you know, the cost of an error is just too big. Um, and the, once again, we're getting back to so how do you how do you manage that risk? Well, it's by testing the code, so it's by making sure that everything will go smooth. Um, and unfortunately, um, one of the native languages of uh, Ethereum Solidity, in our specific case, it doesn't allow you to do that. So then the entire idea of managing risks, you know, it becomes unmanageable. So that's that's again that's a stopping factor. Um, and um, you know, the more Mm, the more um i would say the more the higher the costs are, the higher the stakes are um the more again people have to think about managing risks um which again relates to money time, and you know lives um so it's it's a very strong um example it's you know strong case, but uh ultimately it again it refers to um you know to the case that you describe with uh, insurance policies
0: but how do you respond to the argument that you know there are companies out there who do diligence on codes um you know they will test and and kind of you know try to hack their way into you know code if you pay them to right how does that compare with the QA that you're talking about like why is that not good enough
1: um, so there's, uh, there's, I mean, every big company and every big technology company, they now have uh, their internal resources. They also run uh, bug bounty campaigns where uh, they allow um, external people, um, you know, to find those errors and catch the bugs and, uh, you know, be rewarded. Um, the point is, is that the more complex, um, you know, the the product is, once again, the higher the stakes are. But it also there's a big difference. Uh, whenever you know you're dealing, let's say, like on a social media platform, uh, kind of product. And if you have a bug, then somebody's not going to be able to post uh, their post. The cost of an error is much lower than we're talking about. You know somebody's not going to get their money right in their bank account. Um, that's that's a completely different type of an error. Um, and that's why. Um, an outside person may think that the processes are much slower, or you know, you know, they, they take way more precautions. Uh, it, it's it's just uh, the industries, right, are, are a bit different, and that's why when I talk about uh, you know the generalized sector, so across all different industries, um, on average, again, it's it's never um, it's never enough, uh, you know, like testing your code is never enough, and, that, and that's why um, you know all of these uh, tools um, to make sure that you know once again your code is smooth. And everything is tested as expected. There's a lot. It's it's an entire um, industry out there, uh, but you know you just have to follow it.